You're listening to Japan Baseball Weekly. News, interviews, analysis, and hot takes about all 12 NPB teams. Hosted by Jim Allen and John E. Gibson. Hi, and welcome to the Japan Baseball Weekly Podcast. It's for the week of August 28th. I'm John Gibson, and with me on a Saturday night is my buddy Jim Allen. What's happening, man? I am... I am... uh... I am because I am. I would out. <laughs> Three <laughs> hours of watching people dance to the same. I mean, the music is uh, groups dancing in the street to the same. Da, 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 da. It takes a toll. But it is fascinating and entertaining and beautiful. But uh, yeah, I'm glad it's only once a year. Well, what you have to do is you have to go to Gujo Hachiman in uh, Gifu Prefecture and do the all night bon odori dancing that will uh that's that, not only will it wreck your feet you'll lose some weight i think i lost two kilograms <laughs> that night <laughs> and uh but i was sore for days and my feet hate me still for doing that to in those yeah. those clunky you're still getting you're still getting hate mail from your feet <laughs> <laughs> hate <Okay>. email <laughs> so no but i'm no, good it was, it was fun and and so, a woman that Terio knows from the gym in her who happened to be in her yoga class today said, "Oh, I go every year. I'll save you a spot." So we got a prime spot. Excellent. And it was nice. And Terio bought some three hundred yen folding chairs, and so I wasn't standing up for three hours. <laughs> you guys, I know it was like cattle. I mean, all I needed was a reclining chair and. Uh, and you know, and and uh, cocktail waitresses <laughs> coming to serve us. <laughs> it ain't Vegas, bro. <laughs> it is not, but it was a blast. So anyway, I'm fine. How are you doing, man? Hey, uh, good run this morning, and I'm doing well, and can't complain about too much. So uh, let's get going here on this week's show. Mm. We've got a chat with first year import Matt Davidson of the Hiroshima Carp. We're going to discuss the playoff races. We look at Yohei Oshima finally reaching his 2000 hit milestone and we're going to yo, finish yo, up yo. and finish up by handling some high heat so let's start swinging Clearing the bases All right so on Wednesday I ventured out to Yokohama Stadium and I took advantage of that direct train it's basically a direct train to Yokohama, Yokohama Stadium from my my station so that's that's the advantage of when these train lines merge. <laughs> Good things happen if you get the right train. And I caught up with Matt Davidson of the Carp, and he's 31. He's he's from Yucaipa, California, uh, in Southern California. It's right next to San Bernardino, where I went to high school. And I remember first meeting Matt this season, and I met him at Tokyo Dome. And I said, hey, uh, I see you're from Yucaipa. And he said, yeah. I said, uh, and he started asking me, hey, you know, when did, where'd you go to school and all these things? I said, oh, whoa, 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 slow down. I, I, I'm older than you. I'm probably closer to your dad than 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 you. And then we started talking about his father and how old his father was. And so that was depressing. <laughs> and you'll hear why in the chat. But uh, suffice to say, uh, the, some of the places he was mentioning weren't around when I was in high school. <laughs> But uh, he's an infielder, and I and I actually checked Baseball Reference before I went out to Yokohama or on the way out there, actually, to do the interview. And I checked his positions and everything. But you'll hear in the interview that I goofed one of them up because I thought one, I thought there were three positions I knew for sure. It said first base and third base, 
And I knew there was another one, and I just assumed it was outfield. Well, the the baseball reference homepage listed him as a DH. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a position. That's not a defensive position. Don't put that out there. But they did, and they messed me up. So you'll hear that in the interview that I goofed that up and that said, hey, no, I don't play outfield, man, uh, <laughs> which is pretty funny because he's a he's a well-built, kind of stocky kind of a guy, but he's in a, a kind of bigger frame. You know, I think he's 6'2", 6'3"-ish. So he's a big dude. <laughs> he's not small, so it's no surprise he's not playing the outfield in that respect. But Matt has uh, been a productive pickup for the Carp. Um, sure, I think he would love to have a, a higher batting average and some more home runs and probably some more RBIs, but he plays well defensively. He's been an adequate and credible offensive player, and he has been hot recently. Uh, he runs the base as well. Uh, I don't think he has sexy numbers uh, that folks love, but he's contributing to a winner, and that's a big deal. And uh, he has a lot to do with the Carp success, even without Ryan McBroom, who was on the show earlier this year, who was to help him out. He's just doing it by himself in terms of uh, offensive uh, production. But uh, let's take a listen to Matty D. All right. It's Matt Davison joining us for the show this week. Thank you very much for taking the time, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, and last time we talked at Tokyo Dome, I found out I was older than your father, so we won't even talk about that. Why did I bring it up, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good to see you guys. Uh, uh, had a nice win last night. Now, how would you assess your first MPB season so far? Man, it's been crazy. It's uh, it's definitely been a lot more of adjustment than I thought it was going to be. Um, I uh, it's been great. I mean, the experience has been awesome. I, I haven't played that well. I'm getting, I'm doing better. I've had a couple injuries, um, but uh, but yeah, I think the the timing. I think it it was pretty tough for my leg kick and my hand move and. With all the different timing stuff here, it's just been kind of crazy to deal with, you know. Um, honestly, half the time, or more than half the time, I just feel like I'm trying to get on time, not even trying to, uh, <laughs> like, I don't even feel like I'm on time. So that's been that's been really the biggest battle for me, you know. When I'm on time, I'll crush a ball, get hits, you know. But it's just like, man, I feel like, yeah, I mean, you know, you've been covering this forever. It's like, you'll throw four different pitches with four different windups, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? So it's like that just getting used to that getting used to the pitchers and everything but it's been getting a lot better like as as the year's gone on so uh you know i'm happy with that but uh yeah just trying to make some adjustments to clean up my swing you know and uh go from there because when i'm on time i'm really good it's just been like honestly all year i've been off time uh but you know we'll get it we'll get it going we hear that a lot we hear that a lot in the japanese pitchers and you said four pitches on with four different windups windups but they'll throw the same pitch with four windups yeah. too so oh yeah there's there's guys in this league where it's like man this guy's like stuff is like high school quality and he'll have a one five and he'll like do all these different you know he'll throw a fastball and change up that's it the whole game and He'll just have six, seven different windups, and, and the team will get two hits. You know, mm -hmm. it's just crazy. <laughs> it's mind blowing. You know, and then you'll go to the states, and you'll get guys throwing a hundred with the wipeout slider, this and that. And it's like that guy's almost easier to hit because his windup is exactly the same every time. You know what I mean? Gotcha. So that's just been the adjustment of that. You know, um, but yeah, it's been tough. I mean, I, but I've really enjoyed it, and um, I'm glad I'm here. Now you play first and third, and I think an outfield position as well. We've seen the defensive plays you made recently, one of them, I think last night, a, a snatch of a line drive and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. at which position do you think you excel? Um, yeah, well, I, I don't play outfield. I've never played outfield before. Um, but first and third, uh, I like them both, you know. I think I came up as a third baseman. Um, 
I think first is a little bit easier, you know, you don't have to throw the ball across the field, but uh, um, I enjoy both of them. Yeah, but I've been having a pretty good year so far defensively, so uh, um, you know, glad to help out the team that way. Now, your first hit in Japan, I believe it came in game three? Yeah. And it was a home run. Yeah. What was that like? Just, I mean, share with us, what was that journey like to go through a couple games and then have your first hit be a home run? Um, yeah, it was good, you know. I think, you know, I mean, this is my 15th year professional, you know, so haven't re didn't really, uh, really care or whatever. I just kind of want to excel, you know. I think even spring I've been struggling. Yeah, it just, it's kind of been a struggle all year, you know. It's, it's all, I kind of just keep on looking up and, and being like, man, I am not playing how I want to or expect myself or how I know I can. So I think that's just kind of been um, the story of the year is like, okay, I got that. I should be doing that. Let's do more. You know, I think that's kind of how I've been feeling. So, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was cool, but I expect, you know, I expect to hit homers and I expect to, to do well, you know, so uh, that, that's kind of how I've been looking at it. Well, that being said, you guys are in second place, and, and I mean, here's the Central League. What do you think of the rest of the Central League? Uh, as far as the teams and stuff? Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously there's only six in the, in the Central League, and, you know, we all just kind of beat up on each other kind of thing. You know, it's definitely kind of a different time of baseball with so many teams. We play each other so much, <laughs> um, which, which helps as a hitter, you know, because the first half of the season, you're just facing guys you have no idea what they throw or, like, what. I mean, you, you have a scout report, but sure. until you see it, in the box, you kind of just don't know what how stuff moves, and especially being a foreign guy, I mean, all of us in the league have experienced it. It's like they kind of pitch to us a lot differently. So there might be a high percentage pitch, and we won't even see it. And the lowest percentage pitch they'll throw and strike you out, kind of thing, you know. Like so, that's kind of been one thing to learn throughout the league. Uh, but yeah, we've been playing really good. I mean, I think we, I think Arai has been amazing addition you know I think I love playing for him I think all the whole team does and I think that shows and he's done a great job so uh, I think we've been playing defense pitching hitting timely hitting everything I think it's all been good so you guys are you talking about that you guys have scored the third fewest runs in the central league I think the Giants and Swallows have scored more and yet they're behind you in the standings so I mean what kind of team is this on offense I mean, I think we score plenty of runs. I think, I think that uh, you know, it's been timely hitting, really, and that's how you win. You know, I mean, if you win, I mean, we we have a pretty decent ballpark too. It's not like a short ballpark, you know. I mean, Giants and Jingu, that those places are tiny. You know, I mean, fly balls go out of there like crazy. So you probably expect them to score the most runs out of the year. I mean, all every year probably. But uh, I mean, yeah, our pitching's really been. You know, we've had some bad streaks and really the pitching gets hit and then we lose. So uh, our pitching has been great and I think we really rely on our pitching. Now, speaking of that, I mean, uh, gosh, it's good, but how do you characterize what Adam Curdy did last night, throwing 128 pitches and a shutout in the heat, the drippy, drippy heat last yeah. night? Here? Yeah, man, it's crazy. Like, that's the, it's, there's so many crazy different things compared to American baseball, you know? I mean, the guy just out there just, you know, ripping splits all the time. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, he'll throw five straight splits. Six straight splits. I mean, that's just the Japanese style of baseball, you know. I think uh, it's pretty cool, you know. I mean, a guy who goes out there and throws that many pitches and does it, and, and he'll come back and do it again the next time, next week, you know. So, uh, you know, our pitching is definitely our strong suit. They do a good job, you know. And, uh, you know.
Now, you did mention Arai, and he's a rookie manager, so how have you seen him grow from the start of the season to now? Um, I mean, honestly, he's been the same. I mean, I think that he's obviously a Hall of Fame player, and he's a great player, and I think he has a great personality, and people like him, and I think he understands players and what they're going through, and I think that helps a lot, you know. Um, just, he's definitely a player's manager, and guys like to play for him, they respect him, so they play hard, and they respect his decisions and everything like that, so it's been, uh, he's been one of my favorite managers to play for, for sure, and I, we, we don't even speak the same language, you know. Um, you speak uh, baseball. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, and he, like, it's crazy, like, we're in the middle of a, in a race, and then I remember it was a couple weeks ago, or a month ago, you know, in that, uh, he, he batted uh, Chose mm -hmm. leadoff, mm -hmm. just some rookie, randomly, you know, and we're in the middle of play race, like, it just shows that he has confidence in everybody, you know, and he just kind of does it, you know, and he's super aggressive, and, you know, he's not going to, like, play tight and, like, try to hold on to stuff, he's just going to let us play and do it, you know, I mean, that was pretty, you don't really ever see that, I don't think in Japanese either, you know, like, uh, just throwing some rookies, first, he's never been, made a start yet all year and they just bat him lead off, you know. I think, you know, I don't know what team it was against, but, I mean, every game is a game-winning game here, so you got to do it. So just showing that, I mean, he's relaxed and has confidence and lets us play. All right, last question. This race for the pennant is, in the, in the playoffs, is getting down to the nitty-gritty here, getting down to the business end of the season. So yeah. uh, what has been a key for the Carpen? And you're looking forward, what do you have in terms of, of just staying competitive each night, what do you have to focus on? Yeah, I think Arai does a good job of not trying to force anything too much. You know, I think, uh, I mean, regardless, I mean, you can just let it get in your head, you know. I mean, really, you just got to play like it's opening day or any other day, you know, just show up to the field and do your thing and then go to dinner afterwards and that's it. You know, I think, like, you just can't put too much pressure on it. You know, it's a game and you got to just do your work and do your job and then you just go home and do it. You know, I think when you see teams do that, they just, every time, it's just pressing and getting the, you know, get nervous and just, it gets to them, and, which it's very easy to do that, you know. Um, so you just kind of got to relax and just play the game like it is getting played and, and just uh, stay aggressive, you know. Like that's, I think a right is a good job of that. Represent Southern California well, my yeah. friend. Good Thank luck. You. Stay healthy. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So as you can hear, Matt's an engaging personality and he was gracious with his time. So uh, what stuck in your head after you heard this one, Jim? Well, a couple of things. Uh, one, I I thought his comments on Takahiro Rai were quite, were well, I don't want to say quite illuminating, but more illuminating than the norm. Yeah. Because typically what we get is, oh, I don't want to cast aspersions on people. Because cast people, away! No, but people, <laughs> you know, people are always looking for reasons why this person, you know, why this manager is good and they it's very often a question they haven't thought about too much and so they're really searching typically searching for uh you know they're they're rummaging around looking for their cliche bag you know he knows baseball you yeah know, that, that I, was I, the what that was the one i somebody said well he knows baseball i'm thinking okay well how many guys even tatsunami knows baseball yeah well i i'm not sure that they 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 don't think about it a lot i i just think either they can't tell us the truth or what they're really thinking or uh, true that or, always happens too or um they hate the guy with a passion and just won't tell us 
<laughs> those those are also those are also other options but right. i mean we you know in in the process of doing our show we often come by on a couple of times in the hour in what hour plus that we're recording we'll come across a, an idea that is half formed or for which we don't really have an answer you know we have a question but for which we have no answer and it's just so easy to reach into that cliche cliche bag mm-hmm. because it's handy and you know it's it's not it's not productive but i i think that's the typical answer you know and and uh, but I, I thought some of his answers were quite good. I think his his trying to um, illuminate how it was that he doesn't put pressure on people or he doesn't, you know, that he doesn't overcomplicate things. I thought that was quite that was quite good because he gave concrete examples and he also, you know, said the obviously there are there are, you know, things are easy to complicate it's easy. i mean i'm the guy who overcomplicates everything i mean i i overcomplicate salt you yes. know uh, my line I, to jim i think it was you who, who you were the impetus for this line I, I think it was you i can't remember what i said and you're gonna make somebody a good wife one day <laughs> i did <laughs> i did as as my wife tells me <laughs> Because yeah, you can actually she calls me mom because I do the cook. You know, I'll I'll do the cooking and folding the laundry. You know. Oh, okay. So, well, anyway, hopefully you don't complicate that. But yes, you are correct. No, you can complicate salt. I, I am. You know, <laughs> um, white bread. Okay, let's make it difficult. Okay, but no, I I thought that was quite good. And so uh, that I liked. And then of course we did have the the a little bit and I'm, we're gonna get into this i talk about the carp a little bit because when you asked about the carp there was some team things and you asked about the you know how sort of explain ex- explain yourselves you don't score as so many runs but you're in second place <laughs> i know that's not the, exactly the tone you took but that yes, was there you go twisting words like, well, i said that was not the, i just I know, said I know, that was not the tone you took but that was essentially the you know explain this thing explain this phenomenon and i'll get to that phenomenon later but uh, uh he said you know timely hitting and and you know that's that's pretty much timely hitting is 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 a thing but it's really not nearly a big as big a thing as people make it out to be but in the carps case it actually might be it might be that they have been better at uh situational hitting mm-hmm. which is not really which is something that is is not a dependable thing it's something Agreed. that tends to regress to the norm more or less i mean there are people who are slightly better at it than others but not you know there uh, there aren't people there aren't for example as much as there there are managers who think that well geez if we hit if our 250 team hit 320 with runners in scoring position we'd be in second place instead of fourth place and i <laughs> said well yeah but that's you know expecting a 240 team to hit 320 with runners in scoring position is not realistic uh so anyway so but but i think he there is there is a grain of what he was saying to that although i don't really think that has anything to do with the manager but i think it does help to explain a little bit about the carp's performance this year sure how about you 
Uh, for me, you know, I would, you know, how my process is, uh, I, I do the interviews are really not listening. <laughs> I'm worried about so many other things. In well, I'm case. used to, I'm used to that part of the equation. <laughs> I don't think I'm quite comfortable with your attitude, Mr. Allen. <laughs> <laughs> You're not supposed to be. Okay. <laughs> and in this case, I had the video. So if you guys want to go to the YouTube page and check out the video of the interview, it's, it's just him sitting uh, on the dugout bench at uh, well, not not on the bench, but on the railing, uh, on the dugout uh, on the visitor side of Yokohama Stadium. But uh, it's on the YouTube channel, the uh, JBW YouTube channel. Uh, so I'm, I'm I'm trying to hold the the camera steady. I'm trying to make sure I have my questions. I'm trying to make sure the wind's not blowing too much. Uh, you know, the last thing I'm doing is listening to every word. But uh, I re-listened to the chat. And uh, I guess on the train a couple of days ago, and I took some notes. And then the more I thought about it, yes, it's hyperbole to say high school level about the stuff some of the pitchers have. And I think he's doing it to make a point. But I, I think I've seen some of that. I think I've seen some guys think I've been out there thinking, you know, this guy doesn't have a plus fastball. He doesn't have a plus curve. He doesn't have a plus anything, but he's getting guys out. What is going on out here? Why is this guy successful? And I've seen some of that. So I guess I can see the point. I don't, I don't, I think high, you know, I think high school level is a little bit, <laughs> a little bit, but I, again, that's probably what some of these guys who have come here in the past have thought about the stuff, you know, they're not really great stuff, but they have really good control and they mess up your timing. But that's the point, right? That is the point of pitching is you're not just serving up and letting serving the ball up there and letting the guys see how far they can hit it or how hard they can hit it you're trying to mess them up and they're doing a good job of that obviously and you know we've heard so many foreign players come to japan and talk about how they can't get their timing i talk about it you talk about it ad nauseum i think it as as far as we do the interviews but when you hear matt and matt has gone on a little bit of a hot streak here recently been hitting more home runs been hitting with a little bit more power and I think it's what he talked about in the chat saying, you know, I've seen some of these guys now. I, I know what to expect. I, I've seen their movement on their pitches. I get I have a better understanding of what they're trying to do. Um, and he's strong as an ox. I'll tell you that. And he doesn't really have to hit the ball that hard, as hard as other guys. Or he doesn't have to swing as hard as other guys to get the ball to travel a bit farther. So. I understand him. I and mean, when he's talking about being on time and, and, and all the things, you see his swing. He's got the leg kick. He's got kind of a hitch. His hands go back and then they go forward. So he's got a lot of moving parts to that swing. And I, I totally understood what he was talking about when he was saying that because I've seen it. And so uh, I, I thought that was really good. I think Carp fans who have watched him play all season because he really has been out there all season long pretty steadily uh, get to see. And I think once they hear this and they look at the way he bats. I think they're going to see him in a different light. So that's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, the players are mostly slotted into doing what they're told and being congruent with the bench. And that's, that's all fine and good, but I didn't really solicit. I, I mean, I had a question prepared about Takahiro Arai, the, the, the manager, mm. but Matt just got into it on his own. Yeah, I know. Which because... I thought was, that's why I said it was engaging when I did the intro. I I, I thought it was really surprising because that's Me not too. something we have done. We've always had to ask the players about the manager. How's the communication or what do you think about playing under this guy or something like that? And boom, Matt just got to that, which I thought was telling. 
what's telling for a guy who's spent probably 30 to 40 minutes this year in various podcasts talking about Takahiro or I. So I think for you, I mean, I don't really, I really don't have a read on or, or uh, on what he would potentially bring as a manager. I mean, I know, I know him as, as who he was as a player to the extent that he interacted with the media and, and how he, uh, some of his preparations that, you know, and some of the things that he and I had talked about, so that part I kind of got, but otherwise I didn't really have a vibe because, you know, you just don't really know until people go do it. I mean, you can know. I mean, there are, you know, there are reasons to think, well, this guy might be like this and the reasons. And obviously you had reasons to think he might be a manager a certain way. And I didn't. But yeah, I mean, you've been on it. You've been on it. And to have him come and volunteer that stuff, that was really gravy. <laughs> Yeah, I thought so, too. And, and you know, we don't know what goes on in the locker room. And I guess, I, I mean, I think it's clear that the leadership in Hiroshima has been more of a symbiotic relationship in that when you hear Matt say the things that he said, he said things like uh, he's aggressive and he lets us do what, you know, uh, go out there and play. And, and the, the wording that he gave me led me to believe that, OK, uh, you know, they, they like his decision. That's another thing. He said, we, we like his decisions. We trust his decisions. So all that thing, all those things make me think that that's why this team, you know, you picked based on numbers. I think you had the carp finishing second, right? In the prediction. Yeah. Show, the, right? But in the same, the same process that had works finishing last. Right. And so but I, again, no, no, all these things are random anyway, because we don't know. And this is one of the things we have no idea about when you have a rookie manager coming in is how, the dynamics are going to work with the team and i just think we hear matt talking and and it sounds like it's it's working really well and we see good results now i don't want to equate the two but i'm going to say based on the fact that there are some other rookie uh, sorry younger managers or inexperienced managers second year guys in particular in japan whose teams aren't doing very well uh I'm going to say this is working because <laughs> I would yeah. certainly, you know, if I were to pl- pluck Arai out uh, of that situation and put him in a different one, I think he could function. But if I think, I think if I pluck a, the other two guys I'm of whom I'm speaking and referencing, I think if yeah. you pluck them and put them in this situation, I don't think it changes. I think the bad results follow those two guys. So, um, yeah, it's uh, you know we're talking about Nagoya and Hokkaido. If you guys are you yeah, be beating around yeah, the bush John here, had, he had some very broad <laughs> lines to read between there. <laughs> well, now now they're narrowed. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I, I again trying to evaluate an offense based on run scored isn't always fair, and I know that. And and Matt brought up the fact that hey, look, some of those teams play in in stadiums where you could hit a pop fly out and blah 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 the whole story. But you know, we do know. Hanshin's scoring a bunch of runs, but they walk so much, right? And I think uh, we we brought that up on the show, I think two or three shows ago or episodes ago. And now the whole league is is noticing that they're walking a lot and they do hit their share of home runs and all the other stuff. And they steal some bases too. So I'm talking about the Tigers. Mm-hmm. But the Carp, uh, the Carp are really up there. They, you know, they steal a lot more bases. I think, uh, you know, he, he said, uh, Arai manages aggressively and still uh, the run ranking is kind of on the low side. So I, I you say timely hitting. I, we can't read that either. But I do think uh, the situational hitting, like you said, is good. But I, I just think they're, you know, teams have confidence late in games and other teams don't. And 
a lot of things I like I like to watch, and I, and I think I mentioned at the All Star break is that these teams that are out of it, out of the race, have no shot at the playoffs. It, it doesn't mean as much. There's there's a lack of desperation in some of these tight games, and we saw that I think oh, sure. in in the Central League we saw that tonight. The games were close, all three, and the teams that are in the playoff standing right now won all three of them, and they won these tight games. And I, I just think it's you know there's a little bit more that's going to push you over when there's that that seemingly that seeming feel of desperation that you have to win or you're not going to make the playoffs. Whereas other teams just trying to get home, trying to get home and get a good night's sleep. Mm. <laughs> that's the difference. And so, uh, but I, I really like what the carp are doing. If you're ready to transition into there, I, I, I think, you know, I, I, I don't see, I mean, the, the way the Hanshin Tigers are operating at the moment, it looks like they're unbeatable, but I have to admit, I, I still don't see the cart with a shutdown kind of ace. I know Aaron Kuti has pitched well. We talked about, Matt and I talked about the yeoman work that he did the other night in a shutout and pitching. And like I said, I call it a drippy Yokohama Stadium night because it was so, the, the air was wet. That's how humid it was. <laughs> you walked outside and the air was wet. And Kuti throws a shutout and, and you know, goes the distance 128 pitches. Okay. But I still don't see in a playoff situation who's who's the number one guy, shutdown guy, who's the number two guy, who's the number three guy. And if they're obviously going to have to play that first round, once they get to the second round, who, who starts the first game in that round? So I, I don't think this is still a great team. But, you know, when you're winning and you're doing well, I don't think sometimes it just doesn't matter. You just want to get out there and and play the games and see what happens. And that's, I think that's what a lot of uh, execs like to call randomness in the playoffs. And I'm like, no, no, whatever follows you. I, I say whatever happens in the regular season happens in the postseason as well. It's just that, uh, you know, you don't have a lot of time to turn around mistakes and, and overcome mistakes. And, and that's probably what, what costs a lot of teams. But what are you seeing in this, uh, this playoff race? And I, I guess Hanshin aside, uh, what are you looking at? Well, I'm going to go back to the the answer to the trivia question was, you know, why are the carp in second place when they're not scoring that much? And mm. the answer is, and I, I want to say this is a little bit good fortune. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, obviously, there is the good working environment uh, that we've talked about with with both with the Takahiro Rai and in, in Masato Yoshi and Lotte. And I think this is important. And I, I've compared those two teams because they're guys that are just getting sort of like, uh, they're not getting this MVP caliber performance mm. from anybody. Mm. But there are, there, there are weird teams because they're getting a lot of performance that's close to league average from lots of guys. I mean, that's really hard to do. Agreed. <laughs> you know, they've got a couple of guys who are better, but they've got a lot of guys who are, you know, in that that gap from a little better than average to uh, to below average, but in the productive area of below average. Because uh, I, I say that because that's in a that's in a sort of a war thing where every, any they you know anybody who's an average level player in a professional baseball in a professional baseball league is a productive player below average player is generally a, a you know if he's not like 
horribly below average, he's still a really productive player because those guys, those guys, if you don't have those guys, you're the California Angels. Uh, excuse me, the, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I have to get that right. So if you don't have those guys who are a little below average and you, you've got guys who are much worse, you're in trouble. So the Carp have and the Marines have been these teams where they've just gotten this the really um, deep performance all across the all across the board. Nothing, nothing spectacular. And I'll tell you one thing I was working on tonight and my little project tonight was the Hiroshima Carp. And one of the things that struck me when I was looking at them for the power rankings a month ago was how much the carp uh, runs scored and runs allowed totals for each month were stable right they weren't going they weren't jumping up and down they weren't having good months and bad months they were all just pretty good months and if the 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 letter for the carp is c for consistency mm. now i'm going to have another one here which is when you're uh if you if you had an offense and every game you scored your average number of runs per game in that right. game right you'd win a huge number of games because okay. your opponents would score tons of runs someday and zero other days but you'd be right in that sweet spot 3 to 5 runs mhm okay well guess which Central League contender has the highest percentage percentage of its game scoring three to five runs. Oh, let me see. Everybody except the Dragons. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking no, about I, the contenders. I, I'm excluding. I, I didn't. I didn't I, look at. I did not look at the um, Yakult Swallows and the uh, Chinichi Dragons just yeah, for that. I'm uh, joking. Yeah. So the Carp are doing that. Yeah. They, they're probably the, the answer probably, is. Go the carp. Yeah, the carp. Yeah, forty-five yeah. percent of their games, they're scoring three to five runs. The second best is the Yomiuri. Oh, excuse me. The DNA Bay Stars are thirty-eight percent, which is really down. The Tiger, the Yomiuri Giants are thirty-six percent. Of course, the Hanshin Tigers play in an extreme pitchers park, so that's not going. You know, that's that's uh, affected. But that's the thing. Okay, and now. When you're scoring no runs or one run, your chance of losing is really, really good. Oh, welcome to Chunichi Land. <laughs> exactly. Well, which of those four teams has the fewest percentage of games scoring one, zero or one runs? Why? It's the Hiroshima Carp. And then the Carp have 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 these overkill games. Not the Tigers, of course, who lead the Central League in, in runs by by tactical nuclear weapons worth uh, <laughs> have got 28% of their games are overkill games where they've mm -hmm. scored six runs or more, which oh, okay. is huge. And the carp are, the carp are down there near the bottom with the base stars. So the reason the one, one reason, not the reason, but one reason uh, for the carp success and being in second place and, and with some distance between the other two contenders is that they've just been extremely consistent at scoring three runs. Okay. Huh. Now, how much of that is due to luck? I'm going to guess quite a bit, but it doesn't hurt 
it doesn't hurt to have a good working environment. It doesn't hurt to have, as I've said in the um, before, it's it's good if you're winning close games to have a good bullpen. Mm-hmm. And it's good to have guys on the bench who can come off, you know, veteran guys like Shingo Kawabata. Of course, every Japanese team's got them, it seems. But the Carp have two, Tsubasa Aizawa and uh, Yuhei Matsuyama. Mm-hmm. Two guys, right-handed pinch hitter to left-handed pinch hitter, uh, can start now and then. But so that's really valuable. And the other thing, and and the the bullpen part, the intriguing part is the carp were looking, were staring at a disaster. And this would have been a disaster if it was the Omiuri Giants because we witnessed it mm-hmm. <laughs> when when uh, Taiseota went down. The Giants, you know, basically stuck their thumb somewhere and went, geez, we're we're messed up. Uh, And Hiroshima, instead, we heard everybody say, who is Takuya Yasaki? (laughs) He's he's a guy who got 20 saves while Yoji Kuribayashi was getting his stuff together. Yeah, trying to find himself. (laughs) Okay. And then, you know, he hit a speed bump uh, to, you know, 14 days ago, 13 days ago. Which he is this? Uh, uh, Takuya, uh, Takuya Yasaki, and now he's um, on the farm team. He had three bad games in a he row. He had a wall. Yeah. He, okay, he had a wall, <laughs> speed bump, wall, um, <laughs> sledgehammer, whatever. Anyway, and Doji Kurebayashi is now back as the closer, and all is well. And that's the thing that that was that was really good i mean they had i don't know if he was ready for plan b i don't know what the prepper you know you as you say you uh and i'm not i'm not trying to quote you please whenever i say you yes, said this, I know. I'm you, not because you can't you because you don't listen so you can't so yeah, don't 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 yeah you don't have to you don't have to set it up i'm not I, trying I to, to give you already you. I'm, I'm i'm saying i'm I'm stating a gen- making a general statement is that we don't know what the manager we don't know the situation so we don't know whether they were ready but they had a solution right okay so that was big and they had the veterans and they've been lucky with the run scored and they've been you know, they've been a little good with you know situational hitting uh, leverage hitting they've they've done better than any other team in NPB in in, in high leverage offensive situations yeah. okay but uh, other things lucky Shota Dobayashi. Who is this guy? Who, 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 which aliens abducted the guy who you we used to know as Shota Dobayashi and replaced him with a real hitter? Hashtag hi. Well, he he's a, really a, has always had a, a nice bat. He just hasn't been able to find a defensive position. And he's never had an approach, is the problem. Yeah. And um, although, as, as we talked about two years ago, when he started putting things together, it was a better approach and more selective. And he became a more selective hitter. So it has come. I'm still, I've still got a kind of a, I, I, I guess I have a mental grudge, not a grudge against him. A hurdle. I have a, bi- I have a bias against him because of, this guy who was supposed to be, you know, the next best thing since sliced bread. And, well, and yeah. he couldn't, and he just didn't really know how to play baseball. He could swing, but he wasn't really a good baseball player. Yeah. So uh, he's becoming a, a quality hitter and he's having, a, he's having an, an incredibly good season 
um, for you know as much playing time as he's he's been given. Agreed. So, yeah, he's had some so, standout moments in a in a season in which he hasn't played very much. Sure, I mean when he hit the home run, the big home run uh, against the Dragons against Rydell Martinez, I my first thought was. And I, I'm just going to expl- show my bias and how I'm as bad as everybody else. My first thought when Takaya Ishikawa hit a home run was good. At least a real player hit a home run. <laughs> that was my. That's what I said to my coworker. Oh, okay. So I'm glad he hit one because now we can have a real hit player hit one in this game. So anyway, but he's he's been remarkable, and and the rest of the guys have just been just been really decent so that's my thoughts about that as far as the pennant race goes i see three teams not a lot between them dna um yeah as far as the pitching goes hiroki tokuda has been extreme has been good and consistent you know he got a loss the other he he got a loss he took a the the carp loss 3-1 on on thursday i think and he that was a game that he easily could have won. It was so close. I mean, it was the runs the runs scored were close. The home run was barely, uh, you know, hit the foul pole. Think it was or fair pole. Some people like to call it the fair. Okay, pole. you can call it a fair pole. You can call it a make. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Like. I call it a foul pole. You know, yeah. I'm I'm old school. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but you can call it that. I I, I understand the, the illogic of of calling a, a pole in a, in a fair, fair territory foul. something foul. Yes. So okay, but anyway, so that was the point. He's been he's been really really good, and uh, the other guys have been fine. Even 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 Nomura even. Yusuke Nomura, the guy who holds the record for the most consecutive starts without a relief appearance in Japanese professional baseball history. And you and again, like the show to Dobayashi, you wish it went to a real good player. <laughs> a real good pitcher, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you wish it went to a really good pitcher instead of instead of Yusuke Nomura. But yeah. he's he's had some decent games. Daichi Osera's been up and down, Alan Curry's been a little bit up and down. Uh, but I do like the idea, and the Carp do have a lot of young players. And so when Takahiro Arai starts a rookie and puts him in the leadoff spot, that's you know that's just another sign. And they've got they've got remarkable performances from guys who really don't belong deserve to have remarkable performances. And then they've got guys who are you know my my the guy I love so much Shogo Akasakura who I, I just love and. So and he's not really having that great season, but he's he's a guy who's he's a very similar, in fact, a remarkably similar player to uh, uh, Kuri Kurihara, the SoftBank Hawks. Those two are kind of like twins. So yeah. the one's younger, but they're both guys who played everywhere and, and are former catchers. So, well, yeah, going back to what you said about the, the carp having a lot of. Uh average performances i'm thinking that they're average in so many ways that that makes them unique you know because no team no team is that average no in a lot it's of it's, areas. it's bizarre i mean yeah. because every team is usually gone you know if it's a successful team they've got two or three guys who you think wow this guy's had a good year he's an mvp caliber although i think that about sakakura and uh the but they have you know they've got it's easier to find it's as i said somebody said it's easier to find tw- you know 25 guys it's easier to find 18 guys who are really good at baseball than 25 but sure. they've got you know they've just got the that i don't know average look to them and that's that's unusual 
but it works when it happens. Yeah. All right. So, um, you know, the, the, I guess the real races are going to be for the other positions, the other playoff positions in both leagues. But I'm, I looked at, you know, I mentioned the Giants. It looked like they were being weird and not really trying to win last week. And then they come out. And of course, they were playing the a team that's battling for last place in Yakult, but they had a good week against them. And, uh, you know, they did. They, they, I, I, th- I suspect a little bit had to do with uh, the, the, the karma of the Swallows wearing the great kazoo uniforms. I don't know if anybody is a Flintstones <laughs> fan from the 70s, but the great kazoo, those uniforms, the green uniforms, just uh, they were just so ugly. And uh, they they deserve to lose those games. I think Jason. Yeah, I'll go Jason, with that. I call them the key lime pie uniforms. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jason Cosby of the Japan Times, our buddy, he sent me a message during the, the week saying his, his wife was complaining about the uniforms. I'm saying she's not the only one. She, she is not the only one. <laughs> Terry is complaining too. So yeah, yeah. So, um, but uh, you know, Kazuma Okamoto really an MVP candidate in my opinion he's driving in a bunch of runs I think Lewis Brinson had a good week and all those things so mm. uh, and then for a moment they they got into third place and had pushed the base stars down into fourth place I, I'm really going to be watching that race and I it I guess the the, the Giants are credible and that the, you know they can put together they have put together enough pitching uh in in that rotation although uh, Foster Griffin had a ball hit him in practice the other day and, uh, before the game in warmups and wasn't able to make his start. And of course, Tomoyuki Sagano, you know, came on with like the he came on as the uncle at the barbecue says, oh, I got the grill. <laughs> he came in and saved the day and they mm. ended up winning that game. So that was cool for them. But uh, I'm just looking at both of these Kansai teams with magic numbers now, and I'm thinking it's it's it, you know it's really going to get. Fun yeah, I don't see even you know you can talk about DNA, but I I don't think anybody's going to beat the Tigers. No, I, I mean, of course they can have the pitching can be have an off week, mm-hmm. uh, and you never know. Akinobu Okada might be in the playoffs and say, "Let's see, I'll let's see, I'll give I'll give." Uh, I'll give Yuki Nishi a chance to see if he's not the pitcher. I really, really can't stand to watch pitch for my <laughs> team again. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I want to transition to the Pacific League, though. And Fine. Uh, I like the way the Buffaloes are operating at this really high level. I, I don't know that I've ever seen the Buffaloes uh, play like this and be consistent like this. Maybe the Ichiro Suzuki Oryx Blue Wave team. Um when yeah, they were winning, I don't think so, man, uh, maybe, but I, I, I don't think so. They weren't. I think the last time we saw a team for this franchise play like this, um, the Tuppy Rhodes, Toshiharu Ueda was managing him in the in the seventies. Oh, okay, all right. Well, I wouldn't have seen that, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was thinking, you know, if you want to mix and match the the Tuffy Rhodes, Norihiro Nakamura, Kintetsu Buffaloes, kind of looked this smooth at at points, but not even that. I mean, I don't think they had the pitching, so they didn't look that way. And we had no, the they streak. were the they were the team that was the first example of the not a recipe for success, right? Right, and <laughs> not a recipe. But yeah, the the Buffaloes I think put together a streak of seven consecutive games with uh, allowing one or fewer runs, and the first time that had been done in in several decades. So. Uh, and then they've thrown Taisuke Yamoka. You know, he has struggled as a starter. They put him in the bullpen and he's having success. And then 
Jacob Wagespach. They know. had him as a starter and now back as a reliever and uh, and then put him at a, a starter the other day. He has had some success. Marwin Gonzalez, who was on the show earlier this season, he has a rough patch, but they keep putting him out there once in a while and he produces. And the guys, you know, we've talked about in the past, some of them who were on those Buffalo, the bungling, bungling Buffalo's teams that didn't do things well. They threw the wrong base or threw, tripped over themselves trying to catch a ball or were doing, had poor rundowns and cost themselves games. And they put some of those guys on from, from that, that period. They put them out there on the field and they produced and got big hits and helped them win a game the other day. So it's impressive. I, 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 I mean, frankly, I don't really see them being challenged that much. They, they, played to a draw today and they hit the balls hard they easily could have won this game they could have won friday's game and just some good run prevention by the multi marines in a, in a good glove uh ball being hit with the bases loaded hit right into a, a glove so that happened on friday but you know, Lotte has this game on Wednesday that kind of just shows what kind of season that team is having is that gregory polanco slams three homers but they end up losing nine to five because, you know, he did it with hardly anybody on base. So I, I don't know if it means anything. It's probably just random outlier stuff. But, you know, the Marines not being able to produce when when the moment comes and not being able to prevent runs when the moments come sometimes that I think that's going to be their downfall. But the Marines are doing well. And again, I'm looking at the Buffaloes, the Marines, and then that third place race for I mean, it's not. It's not a race right now. The Eagles are not that close, but they're 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 hanging around. They're in a spot in which they could probably make a move if they win some games down the stretch, which I don't see happening. No. But they're there. No, they're I don't in position. Think so yeah. No, I I just like I like Oryx so much all the way around. But the other teams are they're all vulnerable to the to the extent that they're all missing pieces. Well, mm-hmm. well. Rockton's missing some of the older guys who were successful a few years ago. There's a few guys I, I have liked. And of course, the pitching justice has just not gelled. Uh, and I'm not, it just has not gelled since Masahiro Tanaka came back. So, I mean, Takahiro, uh, Takahiro Norimoto has had some really good games. And a few weeks ago, Takayuki Kishi had a, had a terrific game, and they've they've had a few of those. But the pitching is not really there. The offense has been treading water, and of course, it treads water really well when you know <laughs> Asamura and I hit it to Asamura had had that month of July. Uh, so yeah, we were snacking some, on snacking on pitches. Yeah, for, they got yeah. some young guys. They've got some. They've got the offense has been uh, has been better uh, since. Uh, Yuya Ogo has been has had been become prominent in it. He's he's a he's a heck of a player. It seems. So <laughs> it seems. I, yeah, I don't. I'm I'm not buying that either. But he's. He has I don't know. Recently, I, I yeah. like him. I like his. He's you know, been he's, okay. He's been producing. Yeah. So yeah. 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 He's he's there as he's uh, when they are winning. He's there as often as not. So. Uh-huh. The guy I really like on that team, I think, is a guy who's in his eighth season is still befuddled by it, because I never heard of him before. But that's Atsuki Murabayashi, who, you know, just kind of mm-hmm. popped out of nowhere last season. And then right. uh, this season is, is you know, he, he had a really good first half. He hasn't been as consistent in the second half. But again, right. fatigue and all those things and a guy playing in his first full season. Basically, yeah, and, the, and Rock Ten's basically waiting for Hiroaki to Shimauchi be to be the guy who you know led the the league in RBIs and was second in RBIs and 
you know, there, there, it seems like they're sort of waiting. I don't know, waiting for last year's team to show up, you know, waiting for the good players from the last couple of years to suddenly show up and say, okay, let's win this thing. Well, good luck to them. I, like yeah, I said, good I luck to that. that, that I, yeah. I, I, and the Hawks are more a case of, come on guys, you know, we know we can do this thing because they've, they've just been horrible with the, with the players they've had. They've just been horrible. I, I have been disappointed. I was disappointed a little bit uh, in that, but Carter Stewart has got a heck of a, you know, I said he was a potential rookie of the year winner. If he, you know, if everything went white, I don't see that happening now. Uh, I don't think it's as bad as listening to the announcers badmouth him, you know, when he pitches, you know, about, well, we shouldn't expect him to ever throw strikes and blah, 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 because we've seen it. But I think he's still got, you know, he's still making adjustments and it's it's a, it's hard with the issues he's been through. And I think he's going to get there because I see those that that flashes. But uh, depending on Shutish Kawa to be your big pitcher is really a long <laughs> is really a that's a long road to follow. <laughs> well, I think. I'll be honest. When he was when he was in the middle of his no hitter, the first thing I thought was, yeah, no chance in hell. <laughs> because I'm just so used to him, you know, him suddenly walking four guys in the fifth that, you know, or, or walking two guys and then falling behind in the next three hitters and they all get fat pitches and, uh, you know, and it didn't happen. So I was in shock. I was, I, uh, yeah, you, you and some other people, but yeah, we got to move on. We've got to, we got to finish the show, but yeah, the, the Hawks, I, I would say a lot of their problems start on the mound and finish in the outfield and they just haven't had consistency, but, uh, you have to wonder think... when it, you have to wonder if somebody isn't thinking, geez, what happened to that Kotaro Take guy who we were kind of fooling around with a few years ago? <laughs> yeah. <What happened> to <laughs> him? Keep looking. You might. It's here in the Japan series. All right, making a four-seam transition. Uh, Yohei Oshima of the Chunichi Dragons got his 2,000th hit today. And uh, <laughs> it was just... Uh, congratulations to him. Uh, we mm. talked about it before. He is just the fourth player who came out of high school, went to college first, and then played in corporate baseball before ascending to MPV and then gaining membership to the Golden Players Club with his 2,000th hit. He joins Kazuhiro Wada, Shinya Miyamoto, and Atsuya Furuta. Those are the other three. And he's the youngest of the quartet. He's still 37, turns 38 in November. And uh, I believe the last player to reach 2,000 hits in NPV was uh, Takumi Kuriyama of the Sabre right. Lions uh, at 38. And that was in 2021. So we didn't have a player reach the milestone last year. And uh, Oshima got his hit today, a, a base hit to center. A uh, very nice hit on a, a pitch that was up, and he just basically did what Oshima does with pitches like that, just hit it softly over the bag at second and into center field. Uh, not going to hurt anybody. He doesn't hit for power, uh, not really a power hitter, not really a on-base percentage guy. He's just a guy who very consistent at the plate, makes a lot of contact, and uh, he has gotten to 2,000 hits out of seemingly nowhere, and I thought I wasn't able to watch the game. I was listening on the radio, but I did record it. And I came home and I was watching the the hit. And they the Dragons brought out his high school coach to hand him some flowers today uh, after he got the 2000 hit, which I thought was really sweet. 
and Oshima is an Aichi native. So mm. it, that started to formulate in my head because I was trying to figure out what is going on with the manager, Kazuyoshi Tatsunami, this time. And I never dreamed he would hold the guy out of games when they're in the midst of a club worst road skid. And I'm like, come on, dude, what are you doing? This makes no sense. But I, I, you know, as soon as I was talking on the show last week and thinking about, you know, they held him out because Dylan Peters is a tough left-hander. My foot, they wanted him to do this at home, right? So, uh, wow. but I but I never thought that they would wait like a whole week and just pull him out of games. And like I said, when they're losing and you, you, we always hear every game, we're going to take it one game at a time and every game is important and blah, 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 that, that stuff is all out the window when you're not playing for anything. So, uh again i suppose they wanted to do this at nagoya dome and have his high school coach out there to hand him or present him with flowers so that's why they lost a bunch of games on the road I, and who said you know even when he's in they didn't score the, the it looked like the game was going to end scoreless in 12 innings and the dragons gave up a couple runs in the top of the 12th and lost two to nothing uh so over 12 innings plus whatever they didn't score in yesterday's game they have another scoreless inning streak what's new with the dragons but uh really i wanted to discuss because anytime a player gets to 2000 we discuss his hall of fame candidacy and you touched on it briefly i think last week but i I don't think he's anywhere near what i would consider a hall of famer but he's he's kind of on as much i think he is he's getting he's certainly it's all going to depend on whether he has a couple of productive years but on the other hand the Hall of Fame, there's there are a few players who had better careers than Kazuhiro Wada. And basically he's they're like going, I'm not gonna vote for like a good player. This other guy got a whole lot of bunts. Hashtag hi. You know, he's he's not getting I mean he's got the record. Well that's a the record. Guy, the guys who got all the bunts uh, that are currently on the ballot, uh Masahiro Kawai is is I think slated to be the next uh player from last year's ballot to go into the hall of fame i would be surprised if he does not make it this year uh and shinya miyamoto who's not far behind him when really 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 good players like kazuhiro wada are gasping for air you know they're just barely above you know they're they're down with this and okay uh you know they're down with guys who who really don't have any business being on the ballot. Mm. Just like they're the guys who don't have any business being on the ballot who are soon to be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> you know right. it's 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 just the way it is, and unfortunate. So I think, but I think certainly in terms of the quality of a player that he's been mm. during his career, and really even the the players he's competed with since like 2000 so we're talking about players like Shinosuke Abe he's not he's not you know he's not in that level but he's he's in the very very worthy area i i so much more um than many people who get in and i i think more than a lot of people have gotten in so but but whether he'll get, he probably won't get it because the Hall of Fame has not been kind to um, players who are just good. You know, it's good. It's 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 very kind to players who are unique in some ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's well, not unique. He's he's a broad base. He's had a broad based talent. Uh, you know, if he had had 
a zillion golden gloves instead of 2,000 hits, he might, would probably have a better chance of getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the article I was reading said, you know, the nine gold gloves, uh, gold gloves are good, and and he led the league twice in hits mm-hmm. and uh, once in stolen bases, but you know, not not an intimidating player. And his swing kind of reminds me of a of a right-handed tennis player who's hitting a backhand yeah. to the left sure, side sure, of the sure. court. That you sure. know, he doesn't hit home runs. He doesn't really even hit a lot of doubles. He doesn't swing to do damage. He just tries to get the bat on the ball and put it in play and, you know, do he's not that slappy, but he does. He'll, you know, take that outside pitch to left field. He'll pull some of these balls down the line, sometimes in right, but not not to get to the wall, just to get on base. You know, he's not trying to kill the ball. And I've seen him. I remember him hitting a home run one night and thinking, you know, he 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 missed, you know, <laughs> he had a home run because he missed with his swing. He was trying to just, you know, get the ball. uh pop it over over the first baseman's head and he ended up popping it over the wall but uh we were looking before we came on mic and we were trying to figure out where he where oshima ranked and uh he was ninth fastest to 2000 hits so uh that's that's outstanding um considering he like you said he you know he got into pro ball he got it he earned a starting job he's he has held it this long and uh and he's still a productive guy and uh, you know he hasn't had a career like I think his career high in RBIs in 2019 was 45. Um, well, yeah, he's a leadoff hitter, so you don't expect yeah. he's a leadoff hitter in a park where, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I that, get it. that doesn't, which doesn't reward anything, and yeah, which but the, he, he bats after the pitcher. Yeah, um, and he had his 186 hits in the 2014 season where. A uh, one year high for him, but in that year he only drove in twenty eight runs with all those hits. So that tells you, yeah, you know, he's got pitchers, he's got other guys, but he, he's not no, really, he's, not really a run producer. Yeah, now. I so mean, he's I, a table setter. More. I have to think again. I, I'm going to go to the one, probably the the one category which is probably best. If you if you want to see if how many times did somebody think oh he's one of the three best outfielders in the Central League once yeah, yeah. and that's you know that's where I am with Masahiro Kawai it's like how many times you know they're going oh you know he was the greatest this and he was how how you're going to put a guy in the Hall of Fame who had a long career and somebody only thought he was the best at his you know the 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 consensus of the league's writers was that he was the best player at his position in the league happened one time. Kawhi might not even have gotten one. Right, right. And and if that's the case, what business does if if the guy's not even the best in his league in a long career once ever, what business do you have saying he's one of the best players who ever played? And the answer is you don't. You don't. Yeah, get out of here with that. Exactly. Uh, so there was one thing I did. I was reading an article in anticipation of this uh, milestone for Oshima. And in the article, uh, he talked about how when he joined the Dragons, there were a lot of experienced players who knew how to read situations and knew what to do in certain instances and said that that's something that's severely lacking on the Dragons right now. And he said, and I quote, baseball isn't just hit the ball and play defense. You have to be able to understand the detailed mm. nuances of the game. Yeah, ab- oh, absolutely. And that's not what's happening. And again, to me, 
there's leadership on the field, obviously, with some of the players. There's leadership off the field with some of the players, but there's mm-hmm. definitely leadership on the bench. And uh, we have to we have to come up with a new English word for the opposite of leadership because that's what we're seeing. <laughs> I think that's what we're seeing a little bit of in Nagoya. All right. Well, congratulations to him. Let's go to fielding questions. All right. So, Michael from Scranton, you've been on deck. You've been collecting dust on deck. <laughs> you got to wipe some of that out of here. Let's get, let's get that dust. Get that guy a rag. <laughs> get him some spray. Yeah. I don't know what this is in those spray cans, but get it, get him some spray, get it on him. Nice. Um, Michael from Scranton via email. He says, Hi, guys. I don't know if either you, either of you are subscribers to the athletic like I am. We are probably not because I know I'm not and I doubt the gym is. I was, but I'm not anymore. Okay, but I was recently reading a great piece by Cody Stavenhagen about baseball autographs, and it goes into detail, and it got me thinking about how autographs work over in Japan. Hmm. So uh, Mike has a string of questions. I'm not sure that we'll be able to answer them all today, so we'll probably have to pick up and continue next week. But the first one is, is there a similar level of demand as there is here in the States? Is Is there a culture of seeking them past or present? Jim? Uh, hard to say the market is different like most things in Japan. Uh, there is a market for autographed stuff, but I can't really speak to it. Um, perhaps other listeners could chime in. Uh, now, I'll, I have a, a, an anecdote about when the Nippon Ham Fighters were training, when they were having their ballpark in Nago re- renovated their spring training camp. And so they were spending the first two 12 days of their spring training was spent in Arizona a few years back. And uh, I got this, met up with Deanna Rubin uh, about eight weeks ago, and she recounted, she told me this story, uh, which I got to tell you. So she told me how she helped the fighters put a stop to people getting multiple Shohei Otani autographs in Arizona. Um, She saw people get autographs and go to the back of the line for more. Mm. They kept, you know, they kept recycling. So she got to the back of the line. And when she got to the front, she told the PR guy, I don't need an autograph. Uh, She was not like a Shohei Otani fan. (laughs) I'm good. But all the people behind me have already gotten at least one. (laughs) So I'm (laughs) I'm the end of the line. And that's the end of the line for you, chumps. And she got, yeah, well, they, uh, they, as, as she said, they had some choice words for her. They the the fans the, the yeah the fa- the fans yes. the autograph uh, uh, marketers yes. yeah the archivist sellers okay yeah. so that's a thing uh, but I I think we need listeners to chime in about the market in Japan I don't really know uh, about it I I'm sure there are things uh, or licensed autograph merchandise and so on but I can't speak to it so yeah I I have to be honest this is quite a list of questions and uh, <laughs> this one this first one. Uh, I, I, I'm looking over the fence at the autograph community. The autograph community, I think, and Jim might be able to speak for this to this as well, is if they have an autograph session, we see the people lined up sometimes when we're going to the stadium, if we get there early enough, because that, that kind of thing happens really early on weekends. And 
uh, we have to wade through some of those people to get into the stadium on occasion. It depends on what stadium you go to. Mm. Uh, you might see some of these people. And then in terms of just getting an autograph, if there's uh, at at camp, you know, there's always a uh, a soul train line of uh, <laughs> fans trying to sticking out towels and other kinds of paraphernalia to get autographs and some guys will sign and some guys don't and then you'll see guys uh when stadiums open usually generally they they open at four o'clock to the public and if people come there early even on weekdays and you go down and, and you're able to get down close to this to the stadium ground that you can hand players things as they're walking in from the outfield after the especially pitchers walking in from the outfield to you can hand them things to sign, or there's guys, there's batting guys who are taking batting practice, depending again on the stadium, how close you can get. You might be able to get some things signed, but it's not something that I really have paid attention to all through these years. I think we had uh, someone on the show who mentioned autographs before, and and uh, and I said, look, the only autograph I ever got in my life was from Wilt Chamberlain when I was a kid, and he signed a piece of paper, and I soon lost it and was wondering why i even had it because i didn't get it but what they do in japan what they do have are these placards and uh they they're they're you can purchase them at stores and a lot of times uh people who get these autographs end up giving them to people in restaurants or people in who own restaurants or run businesses get these placards and they put them on the walls hmm. and i've seen that throughout japan everywhere so that's part of it but I, I just don't know how strong the community is jim and i definitely need some help uh explaining this because yeah. it's, it's, it's not something i see we... people you know people get the shirts they wear to the where to the stadium sign you know uh at jingu stadium where the swallows clubhouse is the swallows players have to enter the public world between the state between the uh, clubhouse and the field and the practice facility you know used to be they had to walk through the crowds now sure, they've, yeah. got a, they've got a secure covid route uh hidden and they, they <laughs> no i mean really you no, know, it is. and uh so there's that and of course when when you talked about the players signing autographs we're almost always talking about the visiting team players because the home team generally practices before the fan are they're finished practicing by the time the fans get are into the park sure but so, they do have those autograph sessions uh, a lot of times they earlier will. yeah they but will. on the weekends yeah. but you'll see fans wanting shirts signed and and uh, i saw i I I have been told there's 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 the whole thing with the minor league teams, major league teams, guys don't don't sign. But I remember seeing the culture. I mean, seeing Masao Kita go to at the with the Detroit Tigers, and I've seen this with a few Japanese players when he was with the Detroit Tigers one day at Tiger Stadium. It's like he couldn't wait to sign autographs. Mm-hmm. You know, he just. And he was, it was like being at Kawasaki Stadium, you know, the Giants farm team, where the farm, the guys really sign. And I, I did get an explanation for why they do. Uh, and the first team players generally don't. They generally, uh, listen, there's another question coming. So, but no, that was the thing. Uh, yeah, they, some of the players eat it up, I think. And I think it has more to do not with the players as individuals, but the culture of how players are supposed to act. And that some players 
I think in Japan, a lot of the players really want to sign autographs for mm-hmm. the fans, but they feel like it's not the thing to do. Like they're, it's like they're somehow stepping across the lines of etiquette for first team professional players for the Japanese guys. Gotcha. All right, we'll get into one more of the questions. Uh, uh, Mike says, are hordes of kids who don't even know who a player is demanding they sign things for them? So they don't know the player very well, but they're like, please sign this, please sign this. So uh, are there hordes of kids who do that? Now, uh, I'll I'll go first on this one. I think a lot of times when you line up, especially for the autograph sessions, and you you hear about, okay, Masahiro Tanaka is here to sign, but there's also two other players next to Tanaka and when you get up there you don't care you just been you've been waiting for a long time now again I'm this is an autograph session this is how things work here because they don't have a lot of free access to players here now mm. uh and even before I didn't notice not, a, not lot a lot of, yeah a, a lot of lines for autographs and people finding out where the players exit is from the ballpark and waiting there and trying to get autographs and that kind of thing there's just not a lot of that going on here in japan so it's a different culture but if you're in a in line at an autograph session and you get to the front finally yeah i think you're going to want an autograph from whoever's sitting there you know <laughs> whatever the guy is sitting there yeah he's got a uniform on i don't think it matters yeah and who sometimes it is. little kids don't know i mean my the first autograph I ever got was from Lou Boudreau, who was a former uh, pitcher and player man, uh, excuse me, shortstop and player manager for the Cleveland Indians. But uh, not be not even barely knowing what the American League was, because I was the only team I knew was the San Francisco Giants when I was six or seven years old. Uh, I had no clue, <laughs> but it was at, it was at a Giants fan club luncheon and he was a speaker and I got his autograph and I it it. I probably had that autograph for 30 years before I realized who it was. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a really famous player. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's how I felt about my Wilt Chamberlain interview, uh, mm. uh, autograph. All right, cool. So we have more questions from Mike that we will uh, address next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we've got to wrap this show up. I think it's getting long and it's definitely getting late. Anyone else who has a question for us? Hit us up on Twitter X, or are they just going to call it X, or the formerly it's, it's the it's the platform formerly known as Prince. <laughs> the the platform formerly known as Twitter called X. I don't know what it's called, but anyway, hit us up there with the hashtag High Heat. Send questions by email to yakyujohn at gmail dot com, or go to the Facebook page and leave us a message there. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy your baseball. See you at the ballpark. Follow the hosts on Twitter at JBW Podcast and at JBallAllen. And feel free to submit your questions by email or tweet with hashtag HighHeat. Thank you for listening to Japan Baseball Weekly.